Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode, we are talking about modern day false prophets or modern day false teachers. How do we spot them? What characterizes these false teachers and what we should do about it? Fuller, you ready to have this conversation? Uh, as long as I don't get called a heretic, let's go. Let's go. Yes. I stuttered over my words. I was trying That's to okay. I was trying to make a heretic joke and it just wasn't coming. Well, I'm uh, sleepy, bro. I'm yeah. tired. Well, you know what? We may not be sleepy after drinking what we got I here today. I am scared what you brought in I'm, for us to we'll, drink We'll today. talk about this here in a second. But Mark Hyde, how are you doing on this fine evening? Well, um, date of recording, which is way different than date of publishing. Yes. We are like T minus six weeks out from little baby Lennox showing up. Yeah, so I think when this episode airs, we're in March. So it's quite a bit of time after, or at least a couple of weeks yeah. after Lennox yeah. is supposed to be. So it's literally has been sprinting to try to get clients done, trying to get clients manage, you know, run a business, yeah. run a family, deal with all the stuff that we're dealing with, with just kids and structures. And so, I mean, Beth is a saint. She's a champ. She's figuring all that crap out. And I just show up for dinner is kind of how it works. Yeah. But you well, know, we're, we're, we're prepping, we're preparing. We, um, are starting to get the stuff put together. Like the crib is officially ready. Um, boppies are ready. Swings are ready. Yeah. Um, all the all the the baby crap is ready to go. All the baby things. All the baby things, except the baby has not shown up yet. So the, that's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle. The, the nest has been prepped, waiting for the baby bird arrival. Basically, which speaking of baby bird arrival, in the Facebook group this week, there's been like three babies born. Yeah, I know. It's been two, great. Two babies born? Uh, two. Sabrina, which two. Um, Sabrina's Sabrina. new little baby's here, which congratulations, yep. Sabrina. Um, and then who was the, I forget his name. Uh, you got it? or See, Sabrina's been like an OG listener, so I feel like. Well, Sabrina, is your, you already have claimed that that is your favorite. Which, uh, fun fact, you ready for this? Before Sabrina even announced it on Facebook, she DM'd Beth the picture of her baby wow. and said, the baby's finally here. So it, it, how cool is it, the fact of, like, Sabrina was a follower of Beth's on Instagram and then followed the podcast because of her conversation with, with Beth. And now Sabrina's, like, an integral part of RTC and friends with Beth and all that kind of fun jazz. And then next week, we have another couple that is due to give birth to their preemie son. Yep. Wesley Weber. Yes. Wait, no, 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 no. Wesley. That's not the one no, no, that no, no, just no. Wait, go back, go back. Wes, Wesley's, Wesley was what? Yeah, no, no. Keep uh, going under. He, he announced it. Oh, is it this one? Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. A few more replies. Oh, I missed it. Yes, you're right. Yes, he just, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. There it is right there. Wesley Weber. He goes, he goes. He's here. Yeah. He's like here. he does like Wesley just like low key drops like he's here. Guys. Hey guys, he's here. He but what else way. happened in our Facebook group this week that everybody who's not a part of the Facebook group missed? There was something that was posted by somebody and then they immediately quit the Facebook. Oh. Group. <laughs> I think the person was actually in the group a little bit, but um, which- they joined the day, which to me was hilarious that they joined it, accepted the the rules and guidelines. I which think they one were in like, there for a little bit. And, and then it was like, out. But here's the deal, man. You know, there's going to be things that people disagree on. Like, okay, so sure. something I have been um, not actively studying and pursuing, but um, once in a while I listen to a podcast or a YouTube video about it. But the question of is sola, is sola scriptura actually a real thing? And so because if you talk to Catholics, like uh, Pines with Aquinas and a lot of other Catholic theologians, they'll say that sola scriptura is a bunch of crap. 
Like yeah, it's, it you, came that the, the terminology sola scriptura came from the Reformation, right? And the people will say, "Well, you can't be sola scriptura because even Protestants follow tradition on certain things," which is true in some regards. But we try well, to get our tradition from the Scriptures, right? Well, and, and it, a sense of where we're at now in in the twenty first century. We are following tradition from the 17th century when the Reformation yep. was taking place. So. And, and so, I, like, at the end of the day, the heart of you and I, the heart sure. of the podcast is to go, what does the Bible say? Thank you, Rodney Buse, for that little What little does quid the bit. Bible say? Ring, ding, ding, ding. But anywho. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the conversation around a Sola Scriptura, and so because I'm trying to have more conversations sure. around um, historic Catholicism and historic Greek Orthodox and historic Protestantism. And just, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I know what I believe, but it's more the fact of, okay, but what says you? Like, like, what do you say about these conversations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sure. so I'm Hear starting that. to do that. Hear the other side of the exactly. argument. Right, and, sure. and some of it also, um, uh, so fun fact, Amanda and Joe, my brother-in-law and sister, which we give Joe a lot of shout out. What's up, dude? Officially had his Catholic wedding is what we're calling it. Right. Uh, which what he's calling it to there, fulfill his or- holy, or- uh, holy sacrament of, of marriage, I there, think is there, the correct word. There's the worldly marriage, which, you know, most of us would call a marriage. Yeah, just legally. And, and then there's the OG, for real, for real, Catholic marriage. Correct. And, and the Catholic church. But what's funny is, is so I, I got to meet their their um, their priest, and, and um, we went to the did parish. You call, and Did you call him father? 100%. <laughs> but I father. gave Joe a lot of crap because I'm like, bro, I am in a Catholic church, and I don't see my symbol anywhere in this building. I didn't see the Cairo anywhere in the building. I was a little sad about that because normally Cairos are all over Catholic churches. So who's wrong? Is them. that the Catholic church? No, or is that, it you? that specific parish. <laughs> that parish was wrong because St. St. Joseph Catholic Church, they had a Cairo right up on the sidewall. But this parish sure didn't. But, but so, so I started talking with the priest a little bit and he made this joke about, he goes, Oh yeah, well you got a double blessing because I went up for communion. I didn't receive it. I just received the, the you know, I crossed my arms because I'm not Catholic and they just be says bless you and you keep walking. And he goes, Well, you had a double blessing. I gave him a funny look. He goes, Yeah, you came up for a blessing for during during uh uh what do you call it? uh during, during the Eucharist and you married them the first time. And I'm like, Did 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 the did the priest just make a joke? <laughs> did did he just did, did he just make a joke? Or, or, I don't even know. And it's a triple blessing because then you got Joe in the family. Boom! I love Joe. Joe one up the priest. Joe there. was <laughs> a, Joe. Joe is a serious serious addition. I we, love this we, man. We just one up the priest. Yep. So so needless to say, so it's just like I'm having these conversations and I'm watching what's going on because right. it's still sure. the, the wedding ceremony still as a mask, uh, a mask, a mask. So I just asked a bunch of questions like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And I'm like, forgive me if I'm asking little kid questions. And, and the priest was like. No, I love this, and I'm like, I want to sit down with have coffee you, with you. And have ask you questions. never like studied like uh, the Catholic Church like liturgy? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I have. Okay, okay. But no, but it's but I'm like, why I break do you... down a lot of that stuff, right? But what I found out because he was blessing the rings with the holy water, sure. And I said, okay, so what was that instrument called? And he, and he goes, well, there's actually a few different types that we can use, and it doesn't have to be water; it can be other things. I said, can you bless it with incense? And he goes, you know. I never have, but I bet you could. And so, so basically, the way it goes is there's it's the same ideas, but you can do it in different ways. Like the little um, cross with a stick that pull, like altar boys carry, that can look different. Sure. Um, the sanctuary can look different. The altar can look different. The tabernacle can look different, but there's all these different pieces. But, you know, with us being Protestants and saying like, yes, I believe you, you do follow Jesus, but there's some way crazy stuff that I don't, no offense, way crazy stuff that I'm like, I don't agree with that one, but we're here. And, and, and what I was going back to, Rabbit trail. There you go, Sabrina. Get your bingo already. Um, is the simple fact of we're here to look for the truth and ask the tough questions and right. have those conversations. And we're trying to study the Bible and and read about it and then make our, our determinations from that, even though some people will look at it, read it and go, yeah, I don't, I, I, I 
don't think so, which is fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. And that's kind of what happened. We're in not, our, that's what yeah. happened in our Facebook group this week, right? That yep. this person had a had a had listened had admitted because your boy just doesn't let people. You can't just drop something and then leave the group and not expect me as if somebody who very loves confused people. That what's happening right now? You got to be part of the Facebook group. Guys. See, I love people, and so you can't just say something and then drop out because I'm gonna follow you. I'm, I'm gonna find you. Not in a bad way. Not, I'm not like in a Liam Neeson. And I'm gonna ask, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? But there's nothing wrong with those questions. Like, no, but yeah, it, no, want to learn. We no, well, learn. Not, not only that, but uh, okay, did we? It obviously seemed like we offended this person. So how did we offend? Was it a was it a sin? Right? Did we commit a sin that we need to repent of? And that's really what my heart was behind reaching out to him. We'll come to find out. He. he it was an earlier, very first season. Couple episodes in, we had the. I think it's. Episode two, right? Oh, would Jesus smoke pot? Would Jesus smoke pot? And he was referencing that episode. Man, and you some can't determine our whole theology based off one episode. Well, you got to so listen to 187. He, he said he listened to a couple, but it had been a long time since he had listened. And then uh, I don't know what spurred the whole message us and leave the group. Because, no, he, he had joined the same day that he left that message and quit. Basically. So it was like, I, I, was, I was very confused and concerned of um, was this real? Did we really offend this person? And if so, why? I wanted to understand the why. Um, and if we did not, and if it was just a troll, then I could just let it go. But I have to, I'm one of them people I got to know. You just got to I gots know. know. But anyways, so. But in the word, I was pulling up because I thought it was just a hilarious little quip. But I, I think, I think it disappeared. Be nice. Oh, Be nice. oh no, Jim Be- goes. Jim makes a funny comment, which I just thought was absolutely hilarious. But, you know, in the Facebook group, like, we, I, I did a post where it's just like, hey, guys, we want this to be community. Let's make right. it community. Ever since then, there's been a lot more memes and sharing sure. and prayer requests yeah. and, and good great. anonymous posts. So that's great. actually been really cool yeah, to and, see. And that's a cool thing that when you join this group, if you have a prayer request, if you want to make a statement and not be known, who you can send stuff anonymously. And share testimony. Yep, like definitely. Like the, the testimony of our, the, our good buddy Ben with the beard. The bearded Ben. Dude, that, that is. That was awesome. Yeah, was we'll, we'll touch testimony. into that on a different episode. I'm sure yeah. that was such a, that was it a was, cool testimony. It was. So, but yeah, so if you're not a part of the Facebook group already, or if you don't even have Facebook, which is fine. Yeah, you know, no, there's, it's not there's, sign up for it. No, there's a lot of people. And as I discovered, as we're going through our church vision meetings right now, um, there's a lot of people that are in the older generation that does not want to embrace technology. And that's fine. Has anyone made, um, has anyone uh, said anything about my podcast episode about uh, podcasting is a new Sunday school. So get uh, on board. I, I actually brought that up a week ago before you dropped that post. Yeah, <laughs> in the vision meeting, and I yeah, because I've been preaching that for about six we'll, months now. We'll talk about that. Well, That's a fun you one. and I have talked about it and had many conversations on it. But yes, uh, but th- it's okay if if you're listening to us and you don't belong to social media, but you have a prayer request, you can always reach out to us at our phone number, 574-400-5352. You can call and leave a message. We don't actually get the call. We only It's like a messaging center. Or you can send us a text if you do text. If not, uh, I think most people, even the older generation, still use email. I, yeah, and I you can so. And you can email us at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't remember those things, you can go to our website, realtalkchristianpodcast.com, and it has all the information on how to contact us there. Um, so you guys should go there and check it out. And, and if you guys have something to share with us, uh, even if it's a critique, Mark and I have, have been completely open and honest. If you have a critique, we, were, we are more than willing to listen to the critique if it's a reasonable critique. Now, if you're just... You know, writing us to say we're a bunch of idiots and we are heretics and all that. It's well, like, well, not that, but we're idiots. We we get that. Well, it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it in a loving way, right? Speak the truth in love. This is one thing that we say. Do, do, 
approach us in a loving manner. You don't have to be mean about it. Um, and we will listen. And though we may agree or may uh, not agree, uh, we can start that conversation. And that's what it's about. It's about continuing the conversation past this episode. And speaking of conversation, in the Facebook group, I said, hey, what fun things should we talk about? I have a whole list, but we're only, I have one question. But yeah, we're already at 12 and, and a half comes minutes. From bingo. Marissa Latson, and she says, which fast food franchise Chick-fil-A. has the best chicken nuggets? I already read it. Chick-fil-A. C. Chicken nuggies. The nugs, but then Mcdonald ones. Ugh, I don't like McDonald's. So ones. good. Are the Wendy's? No, Ooh. don't do it for me. Dude, Chick-fil-A. we had a whole conversation with our family about old OG Burger King the other day with Whoppers and how they used to be different. And they did and, taste and different. And that uh, they had chicken nuggies and the chicken fries were excellent. Then they brought the chicken nuggies back and they're just not that good. Yeah, I you know but fast I still food like the chicken Whoppers. nugs. But fast food chicken, I mean, Chick-fil-A is pretty baller. Chick-fil-A. But if, hey, Mark, but if, it's, but if it's a Sunday. If, if someone's going to say, Mark, let's go get some nugs, what you're going to do? I'm probably like, oh, I'm probably going to get me some McDonald's chicken nugs. Yeah, no. I love, dude. Dude, with their honey mustard. Uh, I can't do it. Anyways. Okay. But but if we're doing chicken strips, Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. Da- Dairy hand, Queen. Hands With down. the gravy and no, the Texas the, toast. No, I don't And need all the that. French fries. I, I need the French fries. Woo! But if you're just going French fries, Wendy's with the with the frosty over Chick Fil A, dude, you got to go there for the French fries yeah. and dip dip the French fries in the frosty, bro. That's, That's where it's up. at. That's where it's at, dude. I was, Beth and I were talking about that because she's been craving Wendy's, and the kid looked at us like, "What insane people dunk their like French fries into a frosty?" And it's we're like, "OG, right there." Like y'all y'all haven't lived yet, kids. OG. Anyways, anywho, so we got to get to whatever the heck we you do. bought from Martin. So what is this? This is something you know. Shake it up. I like to. We like to ha- try all new. We coffee like to give products. ourselves panic attacks while we sleep. So I saw you this. Guys. I was going through Martin's and I was like, I'm going to just walk through the coffee section. I didn't need any coffee, but I was going to walk through that's it because I was there. That's a scary first sentence. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I it saw these and it's called Super Coffee. Super Coffee. Positive energy, 10 grams of protein, 200 milligrams of caffeine, which it, is the equivalent to like two cups of coffee. Are we going to feel blessed after this? We're going to feel something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A panic attack, anxiety, <laughs> Prob- heartburn, probably. heart murmurs. Probably. But uh, coming out the other so, end. So it's, the main ingredient is Colombian coffee. Which is, so it's gonna be a little bitter, and then, a little bitter, and then milk protein is, I think, the flavoring. So these ooh, are the ooh. these are the vanilla lattes. <gasps> it's lactose free. It is lactose oh, free. Oh, thank you. It's so so no burpees ooh, and no and, and and Sabrina, it's also gluten free and it's keto approved. But even though I know homegirl don't do right. caffeine either. All right, let's try. It. All right, so what do you, what you, flavor you got? Well, same one as you. Wait, you didn't get the mocha? Heck no. Let's try it. All right, cheers. Cheers. Oh, woo! Oh. That's Mm-mm. that's like super Mm-mm. artificially sweet with like oh. a bitter hit. Oh goodness! Oh, 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 that gets worse as it goes. Hold on, that's gonna... like that's like putting a, opening up like four okay. packets of sweet and low oh, and putting geez. it in your mouth and, and instant coffee that's already stale. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> this. How it, much did you waste on this? These were like three bucks a piece. Holy crap! These are on par with those uh, coffee Coca Colas right here. No, th- that at least had something to offer. This has nothing to offer. Oh, it's a good thing we made coffee for the next okay, episode. Okay, so here's here's oh, this is. Could we pause it and go get real coffee? This sucks. Oh, man, that's terrible. Oh man, okay, so super coffee. It all started in our little brother's dorm room. That should have been reason enough not to buy this. Yeah, stuff you're right. Or, it tastes like dirty socks, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> um, when we reimagined coffee and replaced the negatives with the, po- you took out all the positives. Oh. You ding dong. <laughs> like uh, they they with positives like protein, MCT oil, and no sugar sweetener. Uh, no sugar, natural sweetener, super coffee was born. With it came 
an external source of positive energy. When you reimagine your coffee experience from super coffee to super cream, they have a super creamer. And everything in between, you'll tap into the oh. same source of super to sustain you all day long. Ready? Let's go. No, stop. No, no, no. Let's stop. not. That was terrible. All right, whoever made this, go back to your nine to five. So we're not sponsored, and obviously no. we probably don't want to be sponsored. No, go back to your nine to five because this ain't working. <laughs> that was uh, this, that was kind of uh, mean yeah, to say, but that's this going, ain't working. That's going in the trash. I can see somebody. Okay, I, wait, hands down. Okay, before Mark is going to unknowingly drink the whole thing this probably 100 if it's in front of me it's gonna go down <laughs> but think about it this way okay this might not be a bad alternative to a pre-workout if you don't take a post on the back end because it has some protein it has your caffeine see i don't i like pre, uh, pre-workouts obviously because the last three of, weeks i was all hyped what type up on of them. sweetener how can it contain milk but be lactose free i'm confused Maybe because of the mount. I don't know. I'm trying to see. Energize responsibly. That's what it oh, says. Oh, that's why it tastes weird. It's got stevia in it. Oh, yeah. They put way too much. Yeah, that's way weird. Way too much stevia. That's nasty. I've got like a tingle on my tongue. That's how bad it the is. The best part of waking up is not having super coffee or folders in your cup. I think that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at in this conversation. Yeah. So, all right. Let's move on here oh, past this is. segment because we are, we are all, we're going to have we to We got a review ourselves. to read, man. So, why don't and you read this review? Because it's going to take you about five years to read through so, it. Which is awesome. Yeah. We probably should have shortened our banter because this is going to... This is going to be a lot. All right. So this uh, review nope, came in. still ain't washing that flavor. No, out. I tried the sparkling water and it doesn't do anything. Watch this. Hey, hey, watch this. Just to be make sure I don't drink anymore. It's way over there now. That's terrible. Anyways, this uh, review came on October 17th, so we're actually catching up data recording. We Ooh, need more, more reviews. reviews. I'm going to look at our reviews while you do this. We only got a four star on this one. That's right. But Jesus knew. But Jesus That's knew. the title of it. Jesus knew what? by Becca underscore S. It said, I found this podcast yesterday, 101622 on Spotify. I don't know why, but something was in my heart to, for some reason, search up Christian podcasts on Spotify, and this was one of many I saw when I pressed search. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I've always been cautious about what I listen to when it comes to the Bible, because unfortunately, there are a lot of false doctrines out oh, there. Oh, I see why you put this one in yeah. here. Okay. So yeah, I was a bit cautious when I saw, quote unquote, real talk Christian podcast, and I kind of skipped over it, but... And it's a bit personal. I'm currently going through a breakup, and I really just need to stay in the word and honestly engulf myself in God so I don't get sucked into the world and more sadness. I gave it a shot and was looking through the apps and found one about Christians and music. Oh, that's an old one. I'm a worship leader in my youth. All right, cool. And that really stood out to me in a good way. Then today, 1017, I Man, hear, we got dates marked down. I hear the 36th episode, What's Up With All These Different Denominations, which just sucked me in more to how amazing and diverse Chris and or Mark and Chris's thinking is, and how even when they didn't 100% agree, what, uh, agree was about to still understand each other, and that's one of the things my pastor talked on all the time. And when I got home from school and heard the episode about Christians and dating, episode 159, I feel in love with both of them, and it was a true blessing to hear what they had to say. From what I've heard, they talk about topics that most people are afraid to talk about, and they both speak so well on the subject while bringing up scripture all the time to back up their thoughts, which is such a blessing, all caps. Mm -hmm. Jesus knew that I needed to hear those words during this time I'm going through in my life. I thank God for this. Hands up. <laughs> you like how I'm YMCA, baby. <laughs> I'm currently listening to episode 161, What Does the Bible Say About Women in Leadership? And I can't wait to finish it and see what they have to say 
on it as a woman uh, shoot, myself. Girl, check back in with us after you listen. <laughs> yeah. We tried our best to be honorable. Keep, keep spreading the word, Mark and Chris. We did really try our best to stick to the gospel on that we one. We did. <laughs> we did. But thank you very much, Becca underscore Becca, that was awesome. Because here's the deal. So many times people leave reviews and it's just a fast one, which, hey, thank you for all of those. But when we see breakdowns like this, where homegirl is like episodes and she's be like, like, like the Apostle Matthew. In the chosen, marking every single little date in the, down. In the chosen, having his little weird neck, <laughs> neck, neck crank whenever he has a question about what Jesus is trying to say, and he's writing these notes down, and he has his little little quirks, and him and Mary are kind of getting their flirt on. So I'm kind of see what's going to happen no, when it goes down. They're not getting their. We're going to see. On. All I, I know is I was introduced to Judas, and I don't know what to do with this situation. Yeah, right you're now. behind. Anyways, we're going to talk about that later in Becca, different episode. Underscore S, thank you for your review. Yeah. If you have not, and I don't think you have, trying to remember back, reached out to us to get your mini swag bag. You have a free mini swag bag. All you have to do is get a hold of us, give us your name and address, and we will get that sent out to you for free. Yep. And so we have 147 reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Which has been Move out the way, Dale Partridge, with your, what, like 10,000? Yeah. 10,000 reviews. Spotify, we are sitting at a pretty 720. So thank you guys for constantly helping us get the word out about the podcast and be part of the RTC community. Yeah. So what do you say we jump into this conference? I was going to say conference. Are we going to have a conference? This is like a conference. I do have to say, okay, so part of a conference is disagreement and panels. We haven't had a disagreement episode in a long time. But maybe we will today. You think so? I don't know. Over what? <laughs> I have no because idea. Because, like, but, but seriously, like denominations to this day, you and I still have very different opinions about it. Maybe we need to have. The biggest, I think, disagreement we've had on anything is uh, the roles of churches. And, and what church Sundays should look like. Mm. That's, I think, one of our... If I if I think back to every episode we've covered, that's, like, been the biggest one we've disagreed I on. wonder if we need to revisit that and see if we changed it at all. I don't know. Have you changed? Because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a little. I, I still have some very strong opinions in certain ways. Yeah, so probably... I have some to, very strong opinions. Let's give it another couple of years and we'll revisit it. <laughs> Put it this way. I listen to Andy Stanley weekly. Yeah. And his church and, service. And, and, I that do way. Not, and I do not. <laughs> so, Andy, but today's conversation actually yeah. has been on the list for RTC for, for quite a long time, actually. Actually, I think all three conversations tonight have been on the list for a while uh one of them well so the one we're talking about next week about um anger and righteous anger versus unrighteous anger was actually someone commented that in the facebook group but i think it's been on the list oh it has anger. been for a little bit yeah. for for anger but you know the idea of false touch uh, false touchers we're gonna have a great conversation <laughs> tonight guys neither one of us can talk for beans it's the, but it's the super coffee it's the super it's coffee us. it's a super it takes away your all ability to speak but you know but with this conversation of a false teacher and a false prophet some of the conversation around around this idea isn't so much just about the people who are out there, false prophets in terms, uh, I just used the word in the definition, the idea of who are blatantly wrong. Right. Like, like for most people inside of Orthodox Christianity, they would say Jehovah Witness, Mormon, Islam, Buddhism, Sikhism, all those things were like, yeah, those are all false prophets. That's very obvious. A lot of people would say like um, atheists maybe are false prophets or like LDS or, or people like a, like a Bart Ehrman sure. or someone who they are, are like a Rob Bell where it's like they teach Bible and Jesus, but yeah. at the same time they really don't. And so like some of those stuff is more obvious, but I think false teachers and false prophets though can sneak into the church in a lot of other areas, including, but not exclusive to Sunday school teachers, mm. 
They can also, in student ministry, small group leader, because I've had some conversations with small group leaders, and they'll say stuff, and I'm like, no, that's not even close. And so for all of us, I think this is more than just a look for the teacher on the platform who's a false teacher, but I think this is a conversation that we need to take seriously to make sure, sure. we know what we're talking about and teaching about, too. Right. Not to scare people away from serving in student ministry or children ministry. Please don't. Please. They, they, they need help. But at the same time, we have to make sure we know what we believe, which is pretty much the heart of the podcast. Well, and not you just know? what we believe, but what does the Bible teach? But what does the that's, Bible say? That's the most important thing, because you can believe whatever, but you got to believe the truth. And we talk about that. when, like, If someone, like, if I sent you a letter and you're trying to figure out what the letter's trying to say, you're asking the question of what was Mark communicating by this letter? Right. What did not Mark what do mean I wanna, by what, this? Not what do I think it means. Well, not what do I take from this, but what did Mark mean by this? Exactly. Right. And so, so many times in the Bible, people look at it and be like, well, I don't really know if God would do this or that. And, and we'll get all into all of that sure, here in sure. a little bit. And how much we, as I would say, the more theologically stout people like to throw a word around the word heretic around like it ain't nobody's <laughs> business. So we'll get into that a little bit too. But to get started, I'm going to start with what Fuller says is my favorite part of podcast, which I haven't really done that much, the but quotes. I, the quotes. Yeah. Early podcast, there was a lot of quotes and a lot of stats, and then I stopped doing them and you started doing them, but I got back to them. Sure, sure. I finished, I actually, I found these after I was done with these episodes. Shows. Like, I need some quotes just for Fuller. So yeah. I got two quotes. All right, let's hear And it. then we'll get into it. So Break the it one down quote for me. is from our wonderful friend, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He's a yeah. good friend of the podcast. Yes, he is. He says, uh, this was like, uh, I don't know, a few hundred years ago. Uh, he says, pantheists creep into the ministry, which pantheists are like God is in all and around all and part of everything right. around us. So pantheists creep into the ministry, but they are generally cunning enough to concede the breadth of their minds beneath Christian phraseology. Breadth. Breadth. Not breath. It's it's just breath. Breath. It's a weird. But basically, the fact of people now are starting to use Christian phrases and terminology to basically kind of undermine and sneak in, so it sounds right. It sounds good. You mean it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Oh. So it sounds right and it yeah. feels right and it right. feels good, which can kind of maybe go into the conversation about like about the enneagram and stuff like that too. Mm. I'm a three wing too, and so there we go. There, yep. So, but 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 Meat again, <laughs> but it's a valid conversation to have around the idea of, sure. of is, are these ideas sneaking in through mm. Christian through Christian verbiage and wordage and, and working such as word of faith movement. We'll talk about other things like that too. But then the great Martin Lloyd-Jones from only a handful of years ago, he passed away, oh, shoot, I don't know. I think he was early 1900s, I think he was. I don't remember. I got a lot of his books in my library. But hmm. he says that false teachings can appear in many different forms, but we can divide them into two main sections. Sometimes it takes in the form of the blatant denial of the truth and of the cardinal principles and the tense of the Christian faith, a faith, obvious. But false teaching does not always take that form. Mm. There is another form. Here it is not so much a denial of the faith, not so much a contradiction of the cardinal elements as a teaching would suggest that something else is required in addition to what we have already mm. believed. So this idea of false prophets is not just like, blatant disregard, like but like works for salvation. Works for salvation, or um, what the old or what we saw all over the New Testament with circumcision. Mm. Circumcision. Mm. I can't even talk. Judaism mixed in yeah. the idea of yes, you got to follow Jesus, but you got to make sure you're circumcised at the same time. Right. And so the people would be like, yes, you can follow Jesus, but you also have to do this. Yes, you you the can Judaizers. follow Jesus, but you have to do this to be a true follower and sure. true believer sure. and maybe and I, I didn't have this in my notes at all but maybe i don't know we brainstorm a little bit and go what are things that christians or 
denominations or churches like to add on to people and say, well, yes, you follow Jesus, but here's other stuff in addition. And this is also required Mm. in order for you to really be a true Christian. Hmm. Some, just some thoughts I'm, as we I'm, get into it. I'm saving my thoughts so, for later. in today's conversation, this is more just a heads up for you guys as listeners and for the viewers and for the watchers. Uh, I know at least yours truly is probably going to flip-flop between the terms false teachers and false prophets. In today's conversation, they're the exact same. Some people might have he different... in today's In today's conversation. conversation. Because some, because you can say, oh, prophets are different than teachers. But in today's conversation, a false ta- a false prophet is a false teacher. Anybody handling, the, the same. Any, anybody handling the words of God that's false. Correctly. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul tells us exactly what a false prophet is, okay? Because we can take it from C.H. or we can take it from Spurgeon. We can take it from Martin Lloyd-Jones. We can take it from Piper. We can take it from J.D. Greer, whoever we want to take it from. But the question is, is what does the Bible say? What does the Apostle Paul teaches and what do the other apostles teach as well? Mm-hmm. And so the Apostle Paul, writing his letter to First Timothy, or First Timothy, this this super coffee is really screwing with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth feels very sudsy. Does yours feel weird? It feels tingly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that stevia. It's really, oh, this stinks. This is awful. But, you know, when Paul wrote his letter to Timothy, Timothy was a church leader. He was a church elder. He was mm-hmm. a pastor. He was an under shepherd. He was a protector of the flock. And in, in his letter that he wrote to Timothy and thinking about that idea in chapter six, verse three through five, the apostle Paul says, if someone spreads false teachings and does not agree with sound words, that is those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the teachings that accords with godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in controversies and verbal disputes. This gives rise to envy, dissensions, slanders, evil suspicions, and constant bickering by people corrupted in their minds and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a way of making a profit. Oh, like Mr. Olsney? <clears throat> Sorry, that was a bad... Bad below the belt hit right there. Anyways, move on. Coffee burp. Already? That crap is gross, man. Why'd you drink so much of I it? I didn't. I took two sips, and that was that was just it. But but so when, when we think about the idea of, of false teachers, the Apostle Paul lays it out flat out as the idea of who does not agree with sound words. Not like good words, but basically the, 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 the words of Jesus Christ. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny when you think about... Um, so many other splinter groups of, of Christianity, such as LDS or mm-hmm. Jehovah Witness or or any group, really, a lot of them will say of, you know, the gospel was pure and it was awesome, but since but the time of the disciples... Um, it was missing some things. It's all been screwed up. It's all sure. been awful. It's all been terrible. And we need to get back to what God really had for us. So here's this extra stuff. And, you know, when we think about that, this is the Apostle Paul flat out saying the words of, these aren't my words. What I'm writing is not my words. What Peter's not writing are, are Peter's words. But in fact, we're trying to portray the words of Jesus to everybody. Because mm-hmm. us as Christians, we're not following Paul or Peter or Apollos or whoever. We're supposed to follow Jesus. Right. And that's where we get back to kind of that, what we talked about earlier with Sola Scriptura, is the question of is, well, what does Jesus say? And mm. if someone says something, and, you know, obviously we don't have all of Jesus' words, because even John was like, if we have all of Jesus' words, there's not even enough books on earth, which, I mean, maybe there would be today. I don't know. But there, there's not enough scrolls on earth to contain everything that Jesus said or taught. Right. But these are the core essentials. So coming out of this passage, 1 Timothy 6. Here's the cliff notes. Here's the cliff notes, yeah. We're going to talk about what characterizes a false prophet. So we're going to use this passage as a springboard where it says, if someone spreads false teachings and does not agree basically with Jesus, and that is teachings in accordance to all these good things, 
he's awful. He's terrible. He's a false prophet. Don't listen to him. Don't even don't even bring him into your home if we want to take that that next step farther. So springboarding off of that, and we use other scriptures to talk about it, what characterizes a false prophet? So I have one, two, three, four, uh, three. I have three things that I, I counted bad. I have three things that <laughs> characterize a false prophet with a whole lot of verses that include mm-hmm. both the Old Testament and the New Testament because false prophets were all rampant around the Old Testament as well. So the first thing that we have to know is what characterizes a false prophet or a false teacher. Number one, they teach their own thoughts and ideas, not what God speaks. Mm. Jeremiah fourteen fourteen says, Then the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or even spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and delusions of their own minds. Jeremiah then continues later in 23, 16 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. And then 2 Timothy 4, the the second letter that Paul wrote Timothy, in verses 3 through 4, it says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. So right off the bat, false prophets teach their own thinkings, their own ideas, their own agendas, not what God says. Any thoughts so far, Fuller? Should we keep I, on going? I'm, I'm holding my thoughts until the conversation. All right, we'll keep here. on cruising then. So the second thing is false prophets are in it for themselves, mm. not for simply serving God. So in other words, a true prophet serves God. He's not in it for himself. Same with the teacher. Right? Exactly, exactly. So Isaiah um, 30 verse 10 says that people want prophets to say what they want them to hear. It says, they tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what's right, what's right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about, that people are actually asking for lies rather than truths. But in a way, we see that here, uh, I think, of the prosperity gospel message, right? Okay. They don't want to hear that, hey, the Christian life is going to be hard. Hey, you're, you know, we, we, Christ said that we, we're going to be persecuted and hated by the world. They want to be like, no, name it and claim it. Like, you want that Ferrari? Just claim it in the na- name of Jesus and you'll have Creflo Dollar. You know, hey, I don't want to, I had to go, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> I don't want to be a $1 billion business. I want to be a $5 billion business, and I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus now. That'd be he actually dope. said that. <laughs> He's like, this is a $5 billion or $6 billion, whatever the heck he said. It was some astronomical number. He's like, I'm not a, oh, no, it was 300. We're not a $300 million business. We're a $1 billion business. And I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, wow. Talk about believing lies and, and you know, spinning a false doctrine out here. And and they're just literally in it for themselves. Right. But do you think those guys are only as big as they are? Why? Because people are believing them because they're believing the lie because it sounds and they're good teachers. It's don't tell us what's right. Tell us the nice things. Just like uh, Isaiah said. Yep. And it continues with the prophet Micah and Micah three 11 and says her leaders judge for a bribe. Her priests teach for a price and her prophets sell fortunes for money. Yet they look for, they look for the Lord's support and say, is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come from us. Mm. Again, I, I, think a, come upon us. I think a prosperity gospel, send us a thousand dollars today, think, uh, you know? Uh, all right, so let, let me, let me read one more verse and then yeah, we can have a little chit chat about this. I'm going to have a little rabbit show. It's, it's something that I think 
a lot of independent fundamental Baptist churches talk about a lot. Sure. And so we'll get into that. But so Acts, coming into the books of Acts now, Acts 20 verses 28 through 30 says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, uh, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, salvage woods will come in and among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw disciples after, draw away disciples to after them and follow them. Mm-hmm. And so even the apostle Paul says, there's a people who rise up and say, no, 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 follow me, follow me, follow my truths, follow my beliefs, follow my, my divinations, whatever word you want, want to have. But you know, when we're talking about the idea of, and there's other passages too that I didn't bring in where it talks about um, that people are prophesying for money and they're teaching for money and all these different things. How do we handle them? Pastors who get paid because they're teaching, right? Mm. How do we handle evangelists, which are, you know, known a lot in our Baptist circles, even Pentecostal circles, where people just travel around and they have love offerings just to throw money in the plate to support the these ministries. We have missionaries who, sure. you know, you and I both support, like we yeah. support the Frericks and other, other missionary mm-hmm. efforts. How do we balance the struggle between where it talks about the fact of her leaders judge for bribes, priests, the priests teach for a price and her prophets tell well, fortunes for money. How do we separate that I, from people say, well, a pastor shouldn't be paid nothing. You got to keep them humble. Yeah. I think we look at, at Titus and first Timothy and the qualifications of an elder, a pastor, a teacher. And it clearly says in, in, in those passages that uh, not a lover of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that qualification now, we as the church are supposed to help support these efforts, right? That's what I mean. The apostle that's Paul what was the early the church Philippians for gifts. That's what and, the early yeah. church was told to do, right? Is to take care of them. Now Paul said, "Hey, I don't even want to be considered that I might be abusing it." Basically, is what he was saying. So I earn my own keep by being, you know, he was a tent maker, so he was trying to stay above reproach, is what he was doing. But then he comm- he not commanded, he uh, told the. Uh, who was it? Who was it that he wrote it to that he was talking about uh, giving your alms and stuff like that to support ministry? Uh, I know Philippians uh, was a big maybe one. Maybe it was Philippians. Because they gave money for the saints in Jerusalem. Right, exactly. Yeah, so uh, th- there, there's definitely a clear distinction, and I think that distinction is um, whether you're doing it for the money, whether you're taking it from a $300 million business to a $1 billion business. I think there's a huge difference when you're a lover of money and when that dollar value uh, means that much to you. Um, I don't think a pastor should take any more than what he needs to support his family and to live on. Right. And I'm not saying like live the poor house either. No, but live and, to live and, and set aside money for, you I, know, for I don't, retirement and investments. And I don't, kind of I think, and my, this is just my opinion here. This is not thus saith the Lord. This is thus saith Chris. Oh, people might not like that. Yeah, I know. But my, my opinion <laughs> is that the pastor should live no, no better than the people in his congregation. That's my opinion, right? And my opinion is like, so the Joel Olstein, you know, to me, he's living way above and beyond what his congregation lives. Have you seen the Woodlands, Texas, though? I, well, I've seen his, uh, all the citation jets he's got. Uh, really? Jeez. He's, got, he's got two of them. What? He's got two citation jets. donate one to RTC. So, we go on the road. No, we don't need that one. We just need somebody to be like, hey, we'll fly you out here. Like, Hey, fly us to to Peru so we can hang out with the Frericks and do some ministry. Like dope. I'm down with that one, but after Lennox is um, it's all fixed. Yeah, yeah, we got to take care of that first. Yeah. But so that, that's that's just thus saith Fuller, <laughs> not thus saith God. That's to me, um, we're supposed to make ourselves low, right? We're supposed to um, uh, 
be the servant, be the least of these. And so if a pastor is the greatest of these, isn't that kind of opposite of being the least of these? Yep. And I think so the, the love of money and, and if you truly qualify to be a leader, a teacher, you know, all these things that, that first Timothy and Titus talk about, um, you won't be in that position, right? Yep. You wouldn't be in that position because you'd want to be the servant. You'd want to, Christ said, I came to serve, not to be served. And so I send you to serve and you'll serve one another. So then two questions and one of them, and as I'm reading over this, and here's the thought is it talks about her leaders judge for a bribe her priest teach for a price. The prophet sell for me. All of these people already had jobs. Like they right. were getting like, like the priests were paid by the Levitical sacrifices they were right. taken care of. So this is no, no, no. If you want us to, if you want me to help you, you're going to give me more money. Yeah, right. Like I always vision it was like, love of money. I, I, I envision a pastor, right? Who someone comes to his congregation, they want counsel and they need help. And he goes, well, before I can do that, you got to pay this first. Here, here's my here's my counseling fee. Right, like it's eighty bucks. It's like no, we're what? Right. And, and no, also, that's di- that's different than being your a counselor. Jo- your that's your job, job as right, a counselor. That's, that's we're not talking that as the same thing. But yes, as a as a past a paid pastor as a but that's part um, of the work of the ministry. Right. Exactly. And, and and that's also being like a leader's judge for a bribe. Like we know that's like terrible thing. Like yeah. that is shady. That is unethical. And I think it goes back to it: is are they doing unethical things for unethical results? And, you know, and that's why I think like if, and this is where my question was coming in, if like, if we have these major conferences and conventions and we're mm-hmm. flying out pastors, like I was at a convention where we flew in, you know, JD Greer, we've flown in other big time SBC guys, or I've been to conventions where they fly in these big time youth pastor guys mm-hmm. and they pay them a speaking and engagement fee. And for that, for their time and the, in the prep and all that kind of stuff, then the question is, is should we pay people for that too? Mm. Or is that more of just a, you know, and I, I don't know if they have speaking engagement fees. I don't know. Like if someone's yeah, job I, is to go speak, sure, that's different. Well, so so that's my thing, right? Like I think of John Piper, right? John Piper, when he was at, uh, what church would he have? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. When he was there, right? He did a lot of teaching from there. If you listen to a lot of his sermons from there, that's what's online and yep. stuff like that. Um, he was a paid pastor at that time. That was his ministry. That's what he focused on. Now, I think he did speaking engagements, but I'm not sure if he charged. But now he is no longer the pastor there. Now he is a speaker, author, writer. That's, so, that's his job. That's his so ministry. I can, yeah, so I can see, okay, we're going to need to pay him for his time to prepare for this to, to come. Like you, all right? So when you were a pastor, right, if you needed to do graphics for the church, that's part of my job. That's part of your job. But now you're not the pastor, and if the church needed graphics, I would say, no, you charge for that, right? Because that's being being yep. fair to the congregate at that point. And so that's just, uh, that's that's just again, my perception on yeah. it. Yeah. That's a little chit-chat, but let's keep moving on because we yeah, still got sure, a lot sorry. more to cover. So what characterizes a false prophet? They teach their own thoughts and ideas, not what God speaks. Number two, false prophets are in it for themselves, not for serving God. And three, false prophets do not have abilities to perform uh, signs. Oh, sorry, sorry. False prophets do have the abilities to perform signs and wonders, yet still be false prophets. Mm. So they can still do the things. They can still do the works, do the actions, but they can still be false prophets. Um Case in point, one example going back to Exodus with um, with uh, why am I blanking so bad with Moses and Pharaoh's uh, Pharaoh's magicians. You know they yep. were able to create the snake, but then Moses' the snake ate them. Slide of they hand. were able to do some of these other things, sure. and they they were not followers of God. They were false priests. But again, there's there's different thoughts on that. They some people. Some scholars believe it was just tricks, some sleight of hand. Oh yeah. Some thought. Some scholars say no, they actually had demonic powers. You know, it depends on 
We, it, the scripture doesn't clearly say. It just says they were able to do as Moses did. Yep. Right? And so yep. I got two passages from Jesus himself talking about this. Not an apostle, yep. not yep. Old Testament. And so Jesus in Matthew 7, 19 through 23, is part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Thus, by, your, uh, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will, uh, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. I like that. I will tell them plainly. I will. I will shoot straight with them. And Jesus says, "Oh my, my page just refreshed." Um, there it is. Okay. Then I'll tell them plainly. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Confession time. Uh oh. That is one of the verses that scares me the most. Of hearing the words because of... Because I am so scared to hear that from our Lord and Savior. I don't care about anything else. I don't care what... But I do not want to hear, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer, from my Lord and Savior. And the ever. question is, is what makes that person an evildoer? But it's talking about teachers, and it says, sure. by, your, by their fruit, you will know them. Kind of now that the whole... I, I hate to bring this up, but it's kind of the whole scandals we're hearing of like Hillsong and that mm, whole thing yeah. just keeps blowing up more and more and more and more. Yep. And it's like, well, you'll know them by their fruit. And well, we're seeing the fruit and like right. what, what's and the done destruction. secret will be to the yeah. front. Well, look at the destruction it's caused too. Yeah, it's just not good. And then following up Matthew 24, 24, it says for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, this is wild, even the elect. Yeah, and that's talking about the end of the age, yeah. which we won't get into that. But but, but yeah. at the end of the day, there will be prophets that, and so there can be prophets that do amazing signs and wonders, and they can even lead true repentant followers of Jesus right. astray. Yeah. False prophets and false messiahs. Man, yeah. Crazy. And so, you know, I don't want to spend too much time into this part, but, you know, back in the Old Testament days, there were actually yes. penalties for the false prophets, this right? Is, this is one of the the scriptures I break, I break out the most, especially like, Pre like 2019 pre election 2020 when people are saying I saw it and God told me oh, that Trump yeah. is the president and I'm like mm, you better be careful because uh, God takes lying about thus saith the Lord pretty serious in the Old Testament and he's the same so I think he's going to take it pretty serious now <laughs> yep and so from Deuteronomy 1820 we read yeah. Moses saying if any prophet dares to speak a message oh sorry this is Jesus saying Moses recording if any prophet dares to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or to speak in the name of other gods, that prophet must be put to death. Yeah. So if there's a false prophet who... This was, this was God for different God, Moses, yeah. God's like, nope. But if there's a prophet who's saying, thus saith the Lord, but he goes, I never said that, and you guys know I never said that, he should be put to death. So God has a strong view towards so, false prophets. And you know how they try to get away with it now? Well, I didn't say that. I said, I felt like the Lord was saying... I felt like the Lord was speaking. And I think that's where it gets it's like, really dangerous, but man. But the thing is, to me, is it's still a de- it's still a, that's a deception then. Now you're deceiving because now you're saying, oh, yeah, I really didn't say that. I was just saying that this is what I felt like he might be saying. Like, that's deception because you're c- making it come across as thus saith the Lord. And I, there is and a I difference. Think that's how God takes now, it. Now, do you think there's a difference between someone saying, you know, I, I feel like God is leading me in this direction or I feel like God wants us to do this. This is not a thus saith the Lord. I feel like this just might be it. And then it's seeking either confirmation mm. or other ideas. Because, like, that happens all the like time. The like the leading of the Holy Spirit is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, like, like, feeling, like like us starting this podcast, like, you know, this was, to be honest with you, this wasn't a 
a holy sacred adventure where we're like, we just wanted to seek the God and, and God gave us this vision that we were going to start a podcast. It's like, now nah, we just hit record. <laughs> I, I loved how we described it at the, well, in Getty music fest is now revive fest. Now uh, we, we said, we're two dudes who just like to talk about the word. And we're like, hey, I wonder if other people want to talk and about this. And we just hit record. So we're like, well, it. we're going to record it then. And maybe the youth will listen to it. <laughs> That's where we were starting now, with Now, so. looking back, obviously, God was in it. And yes, God blessed it. Because right. uh, we, we've had so much impact. And uh, your boy's got a wife now because of it. And so many other cool things have happened because of the podcast. Right. In, in other ways, too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, oh, maybe I feel like because of my talents or my abilities or my sure. leads, hey, maybe God wants me to do this. Well, for all we know, the Lord will end it tomorrow. I mean, we don't we don't know, right? So we're just following what we believe is the leading of the Lord as far as he wants us to go with this. And yep. I, we don't know where that end is. Uh, we're just trusting in him. But yeah, I, I think that there is a difference between saying, hey, I'm following what I believe is the leading. I have some doors opening. And so I, I, I'm kind of walking through those doors with wise counsel, keeping my eyes on God, keeping myself immersed in prayer, getting godly counsel, staying in his word. And so you're not just, oh, I, I have this feeling and I'm just walking. No, I'm staying immersed. Inside my bones. I'm, I'm staying immersed electric, in baby. all of all of the things that help me connect with God. And that way, maybe I won't see it. Maybe I won't read it. Maybe in my prayer life, I won't think any different. But maybe my friend will see something and be like, hey, I don't feel like you're doing the right thing. And this is why. And, and that's where all this, all of this scripture, prayer, you know, your prayer life, uh, uh, your are being in church, small group, whatever it is, staying connected. That's why it's so important, right? Because it's protection. So you don't be led astray because we know what is it? I think Proverbs says the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can, who know, can it? know it. So just trust your heart. No, don't just do that. Guys. If you're just doing the, what I believe is a false doctrine of just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. I, I think that is the most detrimental statement that has ever been said. Just follow your heart, man. Just do you do you, boo. Follow your heart. Now I do think there's a difference between trying to follow after God's heart, and sometimes I do feel the Holy Spirit does prod our hearts sure. to do certain things and act certain but ways. If you're but if you're using the Holy but Spirit if you take as it an to excuse, the extreme, if you take it to the if extreme, you, if you are lusting like after love, is a, love. If you're lusting after a woman and you go, I feel like God wants me to marry her. Guilty, I've done it in my past. I feel like I got to marry her. I'm just so in love with her. I feel like God's pushing me. He's opening doors for me. And it's like, no, nah, bro, that's just my lustful heart lying to myself and trying mm -hmm. to lie to others and me believing it because I don't know my deceitful heart. And I'm not backing it by by staying immersed in prayer and staying and really seeking first the kingdom of God, right? Because mm -hmm. when you seek first the kingdom of God, you find God's heart. Mm -hmm. That's how you find God's heart. And that's how you... Uh, Keep from going astray as much. I won't say you will always get it right. No, but but we can't. We also but, can't forget. And I'm going to push back a little sure. bit on this. Is push it. Is I'm trying to think of the exact verse where it talks about. Um, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Um, shoot, what, what's, what's, what's that the passage? What's the context behind it? Though? Um, I think it's about prayer. But I'm, I'm going to break that passage down here in just a second. So God will. Hey, I'm getting it. Uh, Psalm 37, 4. Yeah, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And some people will take that with the fact of, oh, whatever I want, I can get because God will give it to you. And that's where a lot of these false prophets and teachers come from is what does your heart want? What is God telling you in 2023 is what he's going to do for you? What is your heart telling you to do? Follow Jesus and you'll get it. And I think that's a bad connotation around that passage. 
Um, I'm trying to think because you said you're pushing back, so I'm trying to so figure out where you're going so, with that. But if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you, this is what I was taught is, he will give you the desire or your heart's desires. In other words, if you delight yourself in the Lord, your heart will start to desire the things of God. Your heart will desire to do this because God has given your heart's desires. He's given yeah. the desires of your heart. In other words, it's like, it's almost like the, it's, it's like a love and affection, right? And the fact of, you know, because it's a two way street where I love Beth. So therefore I do these certain things, but I'm also married to Beth. So therefore I love her. Like there's kind of, it's it's an it's not a either right. or it's not a separate thing. It's sure. more the fact of the desires of my heart. If if I'm following God, will point me in the right direction. So are there times where your heart is telling you certain things, but that's because you're trying to follow God and God's telling you and directing you and guiding you into that direction? Well, so let's read this in context, right? Okay. Let's not just take that little He'll give you the desires of your heart out of context. Let's okay. read it in context, which is similar to what you're saying, but it goes a little deeper, right? Okay. So I'm just going to start in verse one. It says, "This is Psalm 37." Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong, right? So they're, they're, you're, you're setting yourself apart. You're in, in the New Testament church, we'd call this, you're being in that sanctification process, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for they wither quickly like grass and will wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. So there's some things that you got to do there, right? You got to trust in the Lord. You got to do what is good, right? So there's some things that we are following here, which is tracking with the, when you seek the Father's heart, right, you're kind of yep. you're kind of you become and start to know the Father's heart. So I don't really think we were saying anything different. I think we were saying it two different ways. Uh, but we'll continue on. It says, "Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. Make your righteousness shine like the dawn, and your justice like the noonday. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him." So there, see, it's not just hey. I have the I, I, the Lord's give me the desire of my heart. Right. I'm charging forward. No, it's, it's, it's be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him. Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in His way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. For evil doers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And it continues on through there. But what I want to say is, just because you're you're seeking the the, and this is what I was trying to say, just because you're seeking the heart of the Lord and you go, I, I have this desire, doesn't mean that that desire is 100% good, right? Mm-hmm. Because I still have the desire to sin. I'm not a sinless creature. Even though I'm seeking the Lord, I can still have sinful desires. Right, you got to fight. So it's 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 not just doing that. It's immersing yourself in prayer, which is being silent before the Lord. It's asking God for wisdom. It's looking for wisdom in the scriptures and it's relying on the wisdom of your Christian brothers and sisters. Right. Who and can obviously watch your back. if you're trying to follow God, he's going to speak to you in different ways because you're, you're seeking the face of God as well. Sure. You know, and so, so I, it's more like I, when I was hearing you read those passages, I kind of think of Beth's story a little bit where so many people were looking at her and they were like, is this the right decision for you? It doesn't make sense. That's a stupid decision. It's unwise decision. You're, and then she was treated in a really weird way after she started having these foster kids. And, you know, she's like, you know, I, I, I'm fostering because Jesus told me so. And you ask her why. She goes, well, because I'm supposed to love widows and orphans, and this is what I'm called to do, so I'm sure. going to go do it. Sure. And so I do think that there is some level so, of our, but, our personal life calling that but, just won't make sense. But, well, but just think about it, though. Just think about what you just said, right? Right. So... She felt like, and I'm sure she was praying and meditating on it, right? She heard a story. She didn't just like, okay, I heard the story. No, and I mean, she's, she's been feeling so, called to orphan care since she's like 15. Six, so uh, I've heard 16, her. She 15? was she was called to being a missionary first, right? That yep. was originally the first calling she had. And then then she 
heard about the orphan care and and really got called. And when she went down to Ecuador, she held that kid. She goes, "This is what I want to do the rest." But what's the second part you said there? You also love widows and orphans in your stress. So she looked to the Bible too. Mm -hmm. So the Bible backed up the feeling. It wasn't her just doing the feeling and going. It was the Bible backed up the feeling of, "Hey, this is what Christians are supposed to do," and I have this desire and I have this gifting that God has given to me. So I'm going to walk along this path, even though it doesn't make sense to people. And and, and so I, I want to condense this thought and make sure we get to this too, is say, we're going to talk about what characterizes a true prophet here in a second. Sure. But I have another question thinking about false prophets, right? Thinking of part of Beth's story, other people, you know, what do you do when thinking of Beth's story a little bit? There were some people who were like, I feel like God's just telling me that I don't know if Mark's the right person for you. Mm. Sucka, I got the ring. But, um, <laughs> wow. but do you like that? But there are sometimes people who say, you know, I just, I, I feel like I got to just tell you, I don't know if. Like, like, I just feel like God wants me to tell you. And people would even tell me that for other things, too. And I'm like, huh? Like, sure. I didn't hear that. Where did you hear that from, boss? I don't know. And then you hear other people, like, Beth Moore has some really weird theology with, like, I heard God, like, heard God just whispering to me and doing yeah. things like that. Or, you know, I, still I, when, when I was when I was reading the scripture and praying for the message, I, I just felt God tell me to tell this to tell you guys. And how do we handle people who say stuff like that in normal context, whether just normal people, or it's like, you know what, Fuller? You know, I, I, I just feel like, man, you know what? Um, you say you're supposed to do this, but I feel like God is telling me that you're supposed to do this instead. Well, ultimately, you know, like uh, it's like I got some weird as, as being the re- I'll give you the receiver point and the sender point, right? The person speaking it and the person receiving it. Right? Okay. So if I'm telling you and you're receiving it, we'll, we'll take the receiver perspective first. So you're I'm telling you to do something, right? I'm saying, well, you're, you're saying, we'll take, I'm sorry. I, I totally agree with Beth and you know that. So I'm just going to take the best story right Go now. Go for it. It's I'm, an easy I'm, one. It's an easy I'm, one. I'm, well, because you just mentioned it. So yeah, it's, it's an easy mind. one. So Mark, I don't think that, I don't think Beth, you know, and you should, should get married. It's, it's too, whatever this, that, the long distance. Well, I don't know what it was all about, but. No, no, it was just the person I told you about was just, I just feel like God's telling me. So that this I feel like right. God t- that was is telling it. me that this isn't right. Right. And you, you, so as the receiver, one, you should hear with an open heart and an open mind for somebody if they truly care, right? What right. are the motives, right? And if they truly care, you can't be offended, right? Because they care. I feel like God's speaking. Uh, uh, okay, and what makes you think that God is speaking? Kind of t- ask questions, right? You can ask questions. Because they could have been their Taco Bell from last night. <laughs> right. But uh, it, you can ask questions. You can listen. You don't have to argue, right? Mm-hmm. But my recommendation would be to seek other counsel, right? Never uh, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? If you got two or three people saying it, maybe you should take a step back, not stop what you're doing. But maybe Mark, if if you're hearing one person say it, but everybody else is saying, Mark, this is great. Like, uh, you know what? I, I feel like this would be a good thing for you guys. Or, you know, thus saith the Lord, you know, I feel like God's saying, yeah, this is the, what you're supposed to do. Now you got it conflicting, right? So now I'd be, but how do we handle that with Deuteronomy? Now, obviously Deuteronomy 18 talking about if a prophet, they are set aside. It's a set aside role that is very obvious in the community. Yeah. I'm talking modern day. Yeah. But it just says if anyone, if any, it says, um, if a prophet dares speak a message in my name, sure. If they say, thus saith the Lord, but I didn't say that. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> what, so what are we supposed to do today? Someone says, I feel like so God's who, deal, who deals with them um, on a one-on-one conversation. Who deals with them? Who deals with somebody who says, thus saith the Lord and is not speaking for the Lord. Who's this, who's speaking in that Deuteronomy 18 passage? God, but it says God tells the Israelites to put that person to death. Yeah. Well, that's the old Testament, right? Do we put the people to death? This got, got, Hey, you say an eye for an eye and I say no. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus said. Right. So what are we supposed to do? But did God lie? Oh, here, here's hi, Soche. Yeah. So 
Uh, no, God I'm not, damn, I, I'm not prop- saying. I know, and, and I want people to know, just so everyone knows. I'm not saying anybody should have died. But it, I'm not it just that. says that prophet must be put to death, right? Right. And so, that's, but that's also a set aside role. I'm just saying. So, I feel like we as Christians, pastors, communicators, sure. loosey goosey, say, "Thus saith the Lord." A little I, that's, too much. That's why. I don't, I don't. I try not to say "Thus saith the Lord" unless it's the Bible. We like to say the Bible. And, thus saith the is, Lord. This is such a cool example too. The Apostle Paul even says, "Now this ain't from nobody. This is just my opinion right, right now." Which like, is he why even we says say that in First Corinthians. He goes, "Well, this this is thus saith Paul." And this is what we try to do here on the podcast. Is the, I just did it. Earlier. This is this is fuller opinion. Thus saith Fuller. This is not thus saith the Lord. <laughs> like we try to establish that. Uh, so people don't get confused. Like we've got this special revelation for God. We are not Joseph Smith. Uh, nope. So uh, I'm looking at it from a, a, a now standpoint. This is God dealt with the Israelites mm-hmm. who were a special set aside people at a special time, right? They were set aside. They were given rules that we are not, are not applied to us, right? They were applied to the Israelites, but they are not applied to us at this time. And we don't go around putting people. And to again, death. that's that's talking about if any prophet, that person has to sure. be set but, aside but as that his, that's his role. If we're looking at prophet teacher in the same similar role, mm-hmm. right? As the New Testament would say, right? Because they when we're looking at qualifications of leadership, they're kind of in intermixed in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not in that position, right? So God has not said, "Hey, if if you encounter a false teacher or a false messiah, put him to death." Well, it doesn't say that for us. It as, just says as, cast them as, out of your midst. As Christians, it just right? says don't don't associate, don't even eat with them, right? That's right. what that's what we're told to do for sinners, right? For sinners, uh, and so uh, going back to the story, if that were to happen, I would listen with intent, heart, ask questions, um, and then I would say, well, thank you for your, thank you for uh, your opinion, your, your words. I want, I mean, I want because you don't want to, you don't want to offend them on intentionally, right? Because you don't know. If God told him that or not, or the classic, thank you for your feedback, but Boop. but thank you for your words, I appreciate it, and I'll, I'll take a closer look at it, and then you can just cut the conversation. That's a one on one. Now that becomes different, and what we're going to talk about. Well, jeez, we're already at an hour. I know. I keep looking we at the clock going. Dang, we got to speed this All up. All right. So how so, about this? So let's talk about what characterizes the true prophet. We talked about a false prophet yeah, a lot. Let's go through that, and let's then let's get separate back in. and go. What's a true prophet? Then sure. how do we handle modern day false prophets yes, and false teachers? All right. So these are from gotquestions.org because it's just sometimes easier to copy paste. So thank you, gotquestions.org. We love them. And so when the question of is what is a true prophet? They answered that a true prophet's words will be fulfilled. So a true da- prophet's word will be fulfilled. down to every dot and tittle. Yep. And then it says also a true prophet's teachings are consistent with scripture. Yes. That's where we go back to Sola Scriptura. Um, a true prophet's teachings will encourage righteous behavior and provide spiritual benefit. Well, I think that's really cool. It will encourage righteous, right living, truthful behavior and provide spiritual benefit. A true prophet's life will reflect a divine call mm. and a true prophet will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is divine. Or and God. There's, exactly. <laughs> that Jesus old, is God. Old, old for old and, and there's tons of scriptures that go along with that. Yep. But so basically what separates the two is the fact of a true prophet, you know, does it for other people's benefits, teaches people to live righteously, live holy, and their life backs that up. All their teaching is backed up by how they live. They acknowledge and teach Jesus Christ. And everything that they say comes to pass. Exactly. So then the question becomes, and this is where a lot of and this is where I see a lot of People talk about we're like, oh, the church just needs to stand up, but we need to fight for unity and unity and unity. But how do we have unity over people who are, for lack of a better word, not teaching all true things? All right, so let's read through your conversation questions because I'm going to try to tie them all into a single set of statements. Holy crap! Really? And 
and finish my stuff right there. And really? Like one slam one, bam. One foul swoop. One <laughs> sla- grand, grand slam. Thank you, sir. Pow, out of the park. Does say it's fuller? No. All right. So <laughs> so here's some handful of questions that I was thinking through, and maybe yeah. these will be fun ones. Ooh, these will be fun ones for the Facebook group. Okay, so. Wow, you were like really got high there. I know. You became a teenage boy all over Super again. Super coffee. <laughs> so it says, what should we do regarding false prophets? Mm-hmm. What uh, should we call out false teachers to our friends online or mm-hmm. to their own faces online? How do we know that? How, how do you call out somebody's face online? Their avatar. Oh. <laughs> their, their, their avatar. Uh, here we go. How do we know that, ready, we have the truth mm. and that we aren't false teachers ourselves? Yes. Like that's kind of, that, that's mm. where I've always been like, oh, crap, that would stink. Um, another one is how do we handle differences in theology in the Christian world? Is one group false teachers while only these ones are correct mm. or vice versa? And then what are the essentials to the faith that we cannot waver on? Okay. So I'm going to make a statement here real fast. Okay. There is only one truth. Okay. Jesus is the truth. He says in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the only, right? He mm-hmm. is there. So so when you hear somebody say there is only one truth, we got to find that truth. Well, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus' words are the truth's words, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we look at it in that perspective, so when we're talking about theology amongst each other and, and different uh, things, uh, I and you – if we are not 100% sure, thus saith Scriptura. <laughs> thou shalt shut thy mouth. Thou, thou, shalt, <laughs> thou shalt pretext thy statement with uh, thus saith Fuller or thus saith Mark. This is my opinion. This is not Scripture, and I will not mm-hmm. die on this hill. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong. Because here's the deal. God never tells us to stop using our brains. We're supposed to, well, uh, like, we're supposed to worship the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we, we, we got to use our brains. We are all we are all disciples. We are all learning, right? We yep. are still, I, the I, there's, there's not one single person that holds all truth, right? There's not one single person on the face of this earth other than Christ. Well, he's not on the face of the earth anymore. Other than Christ. I, I said it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> that, uh that has all truth, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not J.I. Packer, not, not, uh, Piper, not MacArthur, not, right? Not Andy Stanley, not Rob Bell, not Doug Wilson, all, all these no people, Stanley's, right? Not, yep. Yeah. No, Ol- uh, Joel Stanley's. All yeah. All these, all these people that are out there, nobody has all truth. We are all students. The, the thing that really distinct distinguishes the, the true, um, I would say seekers of the truth mm-hmm. are the ones who admit, that what they are getting is not thus saith the Bible, thus saith the Lord type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Those who, who when it says the Bible, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, and I quote, dun, 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 dun. That's what the Bible says. Now, here's my opinion and how I interpret what that means, okay. right? They pretext it. So it kind of distinguishes that this is just this person's opinion. Mm-hmm. This is not thus saith the Lord. The Lord said, Quotes Bible scripture, insert Bible scripture. That's what the Lord said. This is what Fuller said in response to thus saith the scripture insert. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that distinguishes. But when you when you get the person that says, well, God told me that everybody that sends me $1,000, his purse shall be increased tenfold. And it's like, no, nope. no, no. You just misused scripture there. And now you're trying to spin it off so you can gain something out of it. Yep. So I would say one is that. Two is that 
anything that is being taught is not for personal gain, like we talked about earlier, the, the love of money, the, the what am I going to get out of this, the increased wealth, increased popularity, increased fame. If that theology, if you're looking to be the next best thing, and this is my next best theology, and that's your whole purpose of it, then I think that you are not a true seeker of the truth. Right. I think it goes back to the question of, are you a servant or are you trying to be a personality and have a platform and, right. and all these different things? Because, you know, a lot of these pastors that I think do such a great job at it, including um, maybe people we don't fully agree with. I mean, I, I'm thinking of people that I listen to quite a bit. So I just, I know their heart. Um, you got JD Greer, um, love him or hate him. Like even NT Wright is as humble so, as they come, because they're just trying to follow Jesus but, according to the scripture. But you have to be careful with saying like, even, even that, right. And this is the, where the deception comes in and saying, Oh, I know, you know, I kind of know their heart. Cause I listen to a lot. Well, I can tell you, there was a lot of people that felt that way about Rabbi Zacharias. That's true. I knew his heart. He was so humble. He was such a good teacher, and he really cared. And it's like, look at the scandal that came out of that. Uh, I, and I think of all these church leaders that have fallen, 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 because but they, uh, you talk to people, and they're like, yeah, Joshua Harris. Yeah, I mean, he's really got a good heart. He really wants to do right by God. Okay, where's he I mean, at? Rob Bell was the same Rob way. Bell, right, and it's just person after person after person after person that we see throughout history, I think. Uh, Arius is probably, you know, at mm. one point, oh yeah, I know Arius' heart, you know, I've read his, his writings and he's really seeking God, but it's like, well, old St. Nick punched his lights out. So uh, you got to be careful in saying you know somebody's heart just because you and, listen, and I think because that that's goes where back, we get led astray. Yeah, and it goes back to our conversation of, you know, where's your hope built? It's like, it's, like, it's like the old hymn, like my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Right. I dare not well, trust in any any name. Oh, shoot. I solely trust, trust in, in Jesus' name. I solely trust in I'm like, man, I just blanked it. <laughs> yeah. on, on Christ the solid rock, uh, on Christ the solid rock, I, I stand. No, on, on Christ the solid rock, I stand. All, all other the ground, ground is sinking. sinking. All the ground. I'm tired, guys. I got this. But, but you know, it's the idea of are we standing on the backs of men? Are we standing on the backs of people? Right. Are we standing on the backs of, I mean, let's even talk about it. Are we standing on the backs of institutions, of churches right. and denominations? Well, or are we standing on Jesus? And that's where we have to remember that theology, right? Mm -hmm. the, the theology, study of God. The, 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 well, it's it, right. It's the study of God. Uh, theology in itself, the theology books, the systematic, you know, I think a concise theology, the systematic theology, biblical theology. These are all people gleaning from what this is. Hey, this is what I gleaned from the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And they could be right. And in instances, they could be wrong, right? And this is why I encourage everybody. I even do this to Scott still. Check what every when when you hear us speaking on RTC, when you hear your pastor speaking at church, check the scriptures for yourself. Don't just take somebody's word at it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, you may know that person. I I know Mark's heart, right? I, because I spend a lot of time with you, but I don't know Mark's heart in the deepest, darkest parts of his house or in his mind. He doesn't know mine, even though we spend a lot of time with each other. We've heard a lot of theology from each other. We've we've spoken in each other's lives. We've we've done scripture together, prayed together, cried together, laughed together. We've done all these things. We've lived life together. Yet I cannot say I fully know his heart. There's only one person that fully knows Mark's heart, and that's God, right? And and, and so I can't put my faith and trust in Mark. I can put my 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 trust and hope that we are good brothers, that we can glean from each other, but I can't say that Mark has all truth, just like Mark can't say I have all truth, right? Mm -hmm. We we learn what we can, we hear each other's opinions, but ultimately the only truth that we have is the Bible. That's the truth that has been given to us by God Himself. So let's bring it into the modern day context. Because sure. right now we are living in the in the world of YouTubers, we're living in the world of 
um, celebrity pastors. We're living in the world of, you know, we're, you just scroll Instagram and you can see thousands of pastors from all over the world, all over socials, which is great that we're flooding these, these channels with it. However, the more content that gets out there, the more chances of us coming across some potentially dangerous things come. Sure. So what can we do to help ourselves a spot false teaching and B, what should we do in regards to it? Sure. So I would say there's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it may have a different spin on it, but there's nothing new. Uh, so if you hear something that sounds new, chances are it's probably not new, and there's probably some bad theology in there somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, that would be my, my first guess on it, right? I think of uh, some of these guys that I've seen on TikTok. Well, it's on Facebook, but it's a TikTok video about talking about um, uh, heavenly technology. Have you heard of this? And the, the alien technology that's like angelic that is like in a different dimension, but it's like technology of the heavens. And it's some weird stuff, right? Some weird crap. Some very weird stuff. And uh, I, I always go to back to what Scott told me one time. He goes, you know, we can only hold on to what scripture says beyond that is speculation. And once you enter speculation area, it's a danger zone Mm -hmm. because you don't know what is actually true and what's not because it's just speculation. And so I think we have to take that into everything that we see here, uh, read, uh, we need to, to, to search the scriptures, um, and rely on some of our, our early church fathers and some of the, the core fundamental values that they, they, that they set. Um, that has been through church history since the disciples, right? Because that's where they got it from. And you can see that tracking down through through the church. Um, another thing is I would be very cautious. I'm not saying not to do it, but I'd be very cautious to go out and just call somebody a heretic. And I think, and I told you I was going to tell the story. Are so you going to tell it? I'm going to tell it. All right, you tell I'm going to sit back. I want to enjoy this. So, I, I don't even know what's happening. So there was a story of an instance that happened in a group forum um, this week. Facebook groups are always where, fun places for this. Where Brandon Soche, my pastor, Pastor uh, our Brando. Friend, pastor, pastor Brando, he was on, on earlier, season one, he was on. Um, He's coming back, maybe. Guys. He asked a question, and this question came from uh, his wife and my wife are studying the book of Jeremiah together, right? Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. And, and where it came from. Okay. And they came across a question or a across a verse where it said, God uh, sent a lying spirit to deceive them. Mm. But then we go, well, God can't, God doesn't lie. God's not a man that he should lie, right? We start looking at these scriptures. And, and so uh, Marianne asked Brandon, and Janiel asked me, which was kind of funny. Which Brando put that in, in the RTC Facebook group. Right. What does does God send lying spirits? Is, is that within his character? And so that sent Brandon into a a, a deep research spin and sent me Classic into a Brando. Deep, yep. Sent me into one, right? And so we're checking commentaries, and we have a lot of the same commentaries. And when like it gets to that verse and a bunch of these other verses, like Second Kings 22 or First Kings 22 verse, um, and a couple other verses that Brandon put in the group. And like the commentaries go, go, go. And then they skip over that section of us and they keep going. Like every, <laughs> always everybody do, avoids it. Everybody avoids that topic. So Brandon was looking for, we're looking for answers, right? 
So he goes to this reformed group, and I won't mention the group. I'm just letting you know it's a reformed group because which which basically reformed just means the sovereignty of God and all things that that right. any decision is made by the hand of God. Right. So this was a good group to ask this, this question. Is, this to. is a very theological group. This is a good, but and not so, just that. But we're saying if God does all things in sovereign right. control of everything, and He did this, how right. do we play it? Yeah. How do we how do we rectify it's a this? Baller in our group mind. to ask this question is so all right. Yeah. So. He asked it in, the, in our Facebook group, the RTC Facebook community. That group. ain't get too much traction. Um, and I sent screenshots to everybody of some of the commentaries that I had so everybody could start looking into it for themselves. And yep, then it yep. never went anywhere. So he went and, and, and posted it in there as well. And started a dumpster very fire. Very quickly, um, he asked the question, right, of how do we, how do we rectify this? How do we... How do we tie this in with some of the other things, right? Because there it's not just one scripture, right? We all know there's multitudes. Don't build a don't build a theology off of just one verse, right? right? Yep. But there's multiple verses, and how do we connect these verses with the other verses that say that he's not a man that he should lie? He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And and so Brandon kind of just laid everything out there, and then laid himself. And it's a valid question. Prost, you know, po- prostrate or prostate before the uh, prostrate, po- prostrate because your prostate's yeah. inside. Prostrate, you. yeah, prostate's inside. I had you. it right the first time, and then I switched it. Yeah, prostrate. He laid himself out there, right? Yep. Put himself out there to this group and was instantly roasted like a marshmallow on a campfire. Murdered on this group, being called a heretic and uh, a divisive spirit. And all, We're asking a like, question? All these things. And I just. Why do we think people are scared to ask questions in church? They would, say, they would say, God is sovereign and God wouldn't do that. That's not in his character. He's not a man that he should lie. And that's where they would leave it. But nobody would answer the question of how do we. How do we take these it verses? Says it. They go, well, you take them out of context. He's like, I didn't take them out of context. They're totally within context. He goes, I'm just looking for answers. And even at one point, he goes, I'm a pastor. I'm not trying to be divisive. He goes, I'm trying to, he goes, I have to be able to. You got to be a student, man. He goes, I have to be able to teach this stuff to my kids. And I'm not sure how to, how to totally uh, quantify all this with the whole of scripture, right? I have ideas, but I want to make sure I'm not off base. And, there, and one person replied, well, if you're a pastor, you should know this already. And it's like. What? Wow. Well, like it was just, it, and so, and people wonder why because but, of certain people, people don't want to walk into a church me, building. But, My goodness! But to me, it hurt me that he was called a heretic. And and if you knew Brandon, like we know Brandon, Brandon is the farthest thing from heretic. The, the farthest thing from a heretic. I mean, heretics are you? They were burned at the stake. But well, th- th- this guy seeks the heart of God and seeks truth and tries to make sure he stays within. And he's scripture. asking a question. He's trying stays, to figure this out. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't even. He wasn't <sighs> making a statement. Man. It was a question. And, gl- and I'm glad he did that in that form. And he's at least yes. has the guts to stand. Oh, on Oh, definitely. It. But so I think that just Jeez. immediately because it's a different belief than yours too, right? Mm-hmm. Calling somebody a heretic is wrong. You're jumping. You're jumping way too quickly there. Uh, I think there needs to be a, uh, thought-provoking questions. Uh, conversation and both need to look at different scriptures right in context and mm-hmm. i think from that you should start being able, being able to establish a pattern now once you find out yeah beyond a shadow of a doubt they are spreading some heresy right i think there's a couple ways of dealing with it differently right okay um if it's a one-on-one conversation if you and i are having the one-on-one conversation i don't i don't think this thus saith fuller I don't think it's appropriate to go be a town crier after having a one-on-one conversation if somebody's sharing their thoughts, right? Because they may be no, I seeking. Did, I agree, yeah. But now if you put it out for multiple people, there has to be some sort of protection, right? You have to help protect the flock, if you want to put it in that analogy, of if this person is speaking 
I, I think of, of Rob Bell and some of the things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there should be the, the leaders should call for repentance, but in the same stance, they should be calling out and telling people openly. And we see an example of this in the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. With Peter and Paul. And Peter refusing to eat but with the Gentiles. That was, that was straight up Matthew 18. Right. Right. Paul went to Peter. Right. He went to well, Paul he, didn't go to Facebook. He went and talked talk to Peter, but then he told others about it that that Paul or Peter was in the wrong, right? We see it in scripture. He had to write wrote it to somebody. Mm-hmm. He said, I had addressed this. I I went to the brother. I talked to him. I told him he was wrong. And then he posted it for all to see. But Paul did that as a example, I think, in a good way. Sure. Like it was used as an example. I also don't I mean I've heard actually well, some kind of arguments of like, well, Paul probably shouldn't have done that. Well, so I think that Paul was in the right because it was a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something to um, bring Peter down. He wasn't coming down on Peter after he had already gone to him and Peter had repented. It was a teaching moment for other people. And I think that's okay to use that too in some instances, right? Just like I just used the instant of Brandon and, and the Facebook group of something not to do, right? It was a it was an instant, right? Mm-hmm. You can, you can ref- now he was a lot more bold than me and maybe he got permission from Peter he used Peter's name. Uh, you know, I use Brandon's name, but not as the aggressor or the violator, right. but as the victim in this circumstance. Um, but I think it's very important um, for the protection of the flock of the theology that they're getting from Scripture that you protect that theology, right? Yeah, that and, and, and I want to touch on that. And that's something that I think American Americans, I know we have a lot of non-Americans, I think this is what Americans suck at is you don't have to attack a person. You just attack the theology. Right, exactly. Because you know, in the political world, all we do is attack people. We don't attack thoughts. Right. You, you we don't, don't attack things. We you don't have to go call on them a heretic. You just say, hey, this is, this is what the scripture says about this, right. and this is why and this so is wrong. And so this is like when it comes, and I actually asked Pastor Scott this one time too, way back in the day. Maybe, maybe I, I've had so many, you know. Back on the way back I've train? Had, I mean, I've had like, what, almost nine years of conversations with this man, and I worked side by side well, with him for six. You and I have had six years of conversations, so that sounds about right. Right, <laughs> and so, and, and I remember just having conversations of, of like, he basically does not bring people's names into the pulpit. Right. He brings theologies into the At, pulpit. Unless he has permission from them right and so like when we're having these conversations it's like we talk about naming and claiming and we put popular names on it like we do say like this person teaches this these right. people teach sure. this because that's just what they're known for like kenneth copeland is the prime example oh, of yeah. wackadoo crazy <laughs> because he's all over facebook and i always think of his laugh <laughs> but when we're when we're going you know side by side individuals and different people like that it's we we you and i don't attack the person because the person matters right. the person still made the image of god sure. we attach the uh, attack the teaching the doctrines the theology because it doesn't line up with scripture and you know to go into a little bit of a workshop here i guess whenever there's a, a pastor preaching you always have the explanation the illustration the application and uh my pastor pastor michael once said because someone's like oh i heard this exact same message louis giglio taught it and whatever and michael's like yeah, I taught the Bible. Of course, of course, of course. Everyone taught this I other. I did an expository too. on the scriptures. And, and <laughs> so, so he exposited the, the scriptures, but right. the illustrations, the applications were so different. It, sure. But it was the same idea. And 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 Michael's like, "Welcome to two thousand years of theology." Exactly. <laughs> and so, when you're explaining something, when you're trying to understand what sure. the text says, normally, and I don't, I, you can't just have um, congr- uh, uh, agree. Uh, what is it called? Agreement by. Uh, well, oh, I can't think of the terminology, but basically you can't, uh, it doesn't just make you right. If a bunch of other people also agree with you on the same thing, like yeah. you can't just say that, but at the same time, as we're explaining scripture, we're asking, what does the Bible say? Here's what the Bible says. Now 
when, when pastors are illustrating a text, it's going to be completely different. When a pastor applies a text, it's going to be completely different. He might have a different lens and viewpoint by which he's taking the passage and application sure. of how we're supposed to respond to this passage. And I don't think response is how you should respond to a passage is always bad. Sometimes they're bad, but that's just because the person's not a good teacher. But the application can be different because you and I have different applications in our own conversations. Sure, all the We time. have different illustrations in our own conversations. Right. But you and I have to agree on the essential teachings of the text. Right. And then from there, what do we do with it? That's where we can have some differences in how we do it. And so like when- As it re- long as we stay true to the meaning of the text. Exactly. And right. so for us, for false teachers, what is our job? I feel like our job right now is to shepherd our kids to teach them the right theology sure. so they can spot the wrong stuff. Um, well, we're doing a teaching right now. That's what with, I was saying. Like, with and, and, and before I get to that, like with my teenagers, my job was I'm going to teach you how to think because you're not going to remember my lessons, but you remember how to think. And with this podcast, you know, we do a whole lot of here's how to think, here's some ideas, here's what we're seeing in the world. And we're trying to have these conversations because, you know, if we keep our mind focused, what, what does the Bible say? Um, you know, but but keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, keeping our eyes on the throne, you know, keeping our eyes on things above, not on things of the earth and right. Romans. And even with, with the, some of the passages we read here today about just what we should be doing with our lives, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's what the whole purpose of this podcast is, is to teach, to equip, and to train. I mean, you've seen Ephesians. What was the job of the pastor? It's to equip and train the saints for the work of the ministry. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and with coming out of this podcast, there's going to be things that we say that probably might not be right. I might be wrong. At, at, Fuller's well, never wrong. I'm wrong most no, of the time. No, we'll, we'll be wrong. We just don't know where we're wrong. And we're okay. That's where we are okay with And the questions aren't bad. But and and yeah. follow-ups aren't bad. Right. And there's people in our group, in, in Facebook group right now, who are Pentecostal, who are Baptist, who are Episcopalian, who are Catholic, Catholic who right? are Eastern Orthodox. There's everything inside of our Facebook group, and that's okay. Yep. But the question let's is, have the is, conversations. is, let's have the conversations. Because there's going to be things that I hear people say, and I'm like, I see why you do it, but I can't agree with you because of this. But that doesn't right. mean we're not brothers and sisters. That just means we disagree on this, but we do agree on the core essential teachings. Now, I think the question comes, and this is a question for a different day. We're not going to talk about it here. Yeah, because we're almost at an hour and a half. (laughs) At what point do we have to separate ourselves from different denominations and different thought groups because they've gone too far off Mm. the beaten path? Although they're still supposedly on the beaten path they're i think i can answer that real fast though really? just in a quick synopsis we, how about this you we'll do the do quick all. synopsis i'm done talking right, i'll I'm, go straight to fun facts with fuller right, after this i'm gonna land the plane here right. that the, the easiest way to to say they've gone I, too far i'm muted okay you're muted. muted so the easiest way to know when they've gone too far is when they start believing and start teaching a different christ than the christ of the bible that is the easiest way to know that they're off track. Okay, uh, maybe I'm not done. <laughs> but but how, we, but how do we deal with things when like prayers to the saints? And did Jesus teach prayers to the saints? Nope. Who did Jesus teach prayers to? The Father. So if if we're supposed to be, if we are all disciples of the Master, and the Master showed us the way, if we're off the beaten track of what the Master is teaching, are we believing in the same God? That's a question for another day. Let's go to fun facts with Fuller. Time for Fun Facts with Fuller. Is it weird to say, it's time for Fun Facts with Fuller, but I'm Fuller, so Fun Facts with me. I should have said that, but (laughs) it's a terrible cliffhanger to leave people on when we don't even know when we're going to have that And what's funny is I actually have, I mean, you saw the title. I I have the show notes being prepared of... 
Is it okay to pray to the saints? Yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun conversation. So the fun fact of the day, uh, did you know horses cannot breathe out of their mouths? Really? Yeah. Horses Do don't, we have any equestrian fans in the Facebook group? Horses don't have an instinct to breathe through their mouths because their soft palate seals the, the pharynx except when swallowing. So that's the mouth part. Okay. Uh, horses can't breathe through the sealed pharynx, and that is why they only breathe through their nostrils. That is a fun fact. It's a fun fact with Fuller. I feel like if I, I don't know, man. I mean, let's be honest. Mouth breathing is like the worst thing ever because you wake up with like cotton mouth, basically. But <laughs> I think of, you think of mouth breathing. I think of um, KJ52 when they're like uh, talking about your breath stank, the song your breath oh, stank. Oh, that's like, OG. He's like, oh, yeah, you breathe on me. Hello. Hallelujah. How are you? Wow. That's, what that's some up. OG CCM hip hop yeah, back, in the, back day. in the day. So, Oh, goodness. So what? that just dated me and Fuller a little bit. KJ, really. KJ52, KJ902. I tried to get him on the uh, podcast Shut once. Shut up. What? But he was like, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, dang it. But it was pretty. I wonder if we reached out again. It was pretty early on. But yeah, he responded to me at least. So I was pretty happy about that. Anyways, bro, freaking reach out to him. We should do it again. I I follow him on Facebook and I, you message him and stuff like that. So, anyways, what for all of you guys who stuck crap. with us this long? We wow, thank you. We love you. It has been. I mean, it was from the twenty something minutes of the rabbit trail in the beginning to all this rabbit trailing throughout this conversation. I think it's been a good conversation. We hope that you have too. Uh, and if you haven't already, check this out in the Facebook group where a lot of these questions we talked about have been featured. Yep. Uh, go to Facebook right now and check out Real Talk Christian Community, Real Talk Christian Podcast Community. There you go. And uh, join up with us a few questions to answer, and then you're part of it, and you can start asking questions, posting memes, as long as they're clean. And, uh, Don't jumping make the Facebook in, group suck. Guys. Yeah, and just jumping into the conversation. You can also check us out on YouTube. Yep. If you haven't already, subscribe, hit that little bell notification, Ding. and start watching us as more content. I'm gearing up. I'm writing stuff really? for the, to finish the apologetic stuff. That will be rolling out soon. I'm trying to get ahead so I can do some and batch the best recording. Way to, and the best way to keep up with it, too, we got to get that email description going again we but do the best way to keep up with everything is just follow us on socials because that's where we make a lot that's of announcements right. not so much on instagram anymore but we're still over there but we may eventually get back into yeah, it maybe we will get back into it but just like always leave a rating review anywhere you listen to and if this episode was an encouragement to you share it with a friend who would you think would need to join in on these conversations and but, if, and oh, if you ahead. need a bible we still have some cs bibles so hit us up for one of those yeah um our music's almost done yeah go so ahead. it's kind of awkward but either way I don't know how to end it now because it's awkward. The just, music just ended. I'm going to let it die. Just, just say it until next time. Until I, I just do it. Just, just do there. it. All right, guys. Well, hey, until next time then. Take it easy. Bye.